Hello everyone, this is Jacob, also known as Big Yellow Praxis. I am here with another episode about underrated music. This is a podcast called Underrated slash Overheard, where I talk to people usually about underrated music. This episode's a little bit different, but I'll get to that in a sec. I basically send a playlist to people and we talk about music. This week I am joined by Alex and Michael from the YouTube channel Elections Generally. So you guys, it's basically an irreverent... It's not super irreverent, it's a bit of a reverent bit of joking, but also it's like serious, actual political history stuff. Um, welcome yeah. to the podcast. Thanks very much, thanks for having us on. Um, so, this episode, as I, as I kind of hinted at before, it's not really underrated stuff. Um, it's about a kind of unique, interesting British musician, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> so he's uh, Underground. Yeah, underground a bit. Uh, so he's called Lor Lawrence Fox. He's right. best known actually as an actor. I'm gonna be honest, I've not actually seen I don't I've not knowingly seen him in anything. You um, haven't seen him performing, it's Prince Charles with I've, the true I've, love story of him and Camilla. <laughs> so what is this in? I'm aware that he's been in royal stuff. What was he's, this? I can't remember uh, whatever love means. And I happened to watch it the other day on um London Live, which is one of the channels. Uh, which is sort of, they tried to set up a few years ago, a bunch of local TV stations wow. yes. um, that would that would also, that wouldn't be run by the BBC, sort mm -hmm. of private local TV stations. And London Live just has whatever films that they can afford for about 20 pence that they'll right. put on at basically all times of the day. And it's right, right. dire. It's, um, it's Lawrence Fox's Prince Charles and your woman from uh, The Thick of It, who plays one of the assistants as Camilla. But the whole point of it was to sort of soften the British public on Camilla by showing mm. her side. Mm -hmm. uh, and it doesn't really work. Okay. Not the crown okay. 10 years before the crown was made. It's just... Right, right. Yeah. Okay, so I gather this is... How long ago was this? It was quite a while ago. This is... Well, watching it, I thought this must have been made almost contemporaneously with it because it looked pretty stodgy but no it was made in 2005 ish or like right, 2003 okay. or something so which okay. actually i suppose was quite a while ago now yeah it's, showing it's, my yeah, age yeah <laughs> nearly 20 years yeah, yeah, yeah so i was gonna say I, I i can't really make any comment particularly about his acting because i know i know nothing of it particularly but he's he's increasingly known as a political figure i guess um and an erstwhile London mayoral candidate who base I, I I read that he he ran entirely on the basis of fighting against extreme political correctness. Now, I feel like that's enough to give you an idea of what kind of person Lawrence Fox is. Um, so before before we before we dive straight into the music, which it's all kind of of a piece with that kind of fight against political. Ex uh, extreme political correctness um i just want to make a very minor note that wikipedia which is of course the ultimate source of all truth um it's actually quite generous with like labels like musician um as they apply to any celebrity who tries to sing so wikipedia calls Corey feldman who you might remember is a kind of 80s child actor who has written and performed a bit of awful music it's quite happy calling Corey feldman a, a musician but Lawrence Fox's Wikipedia play page nowhere says anything about him being a musician. That's right. Nowhere. It, it, it does. That, yeah. It, if you read through it, it says he, he, you know, he has a bit of a musical career, but it doesn't call him a musician. Now, 
I'm not going to use that as some kind of, you know, it's not gospel, but in a way it is. It's kind of, it is, let's be honest about what we, how Wikipedia functions for it. So I'm going to take that as a kind of baseline standard. He's not really a, mu a real musician. I'm kind of blowing blowing my figurative load here by getting that out of the way so soon. Um, but basically, he has two albums already, in the, I think just in the last couple of years, five singles, and he's done plenty of like live TV appearances. <laughs> so first... I'll throw it to you generally. Where do you want to start? Do you want to say your general thoughts on it? Or should we just dive straight into the juicy playlist? I think we shouldn't keep the audience in suspense. Let's <laughs> dive into the playlist. <laughs> they want to hear our takes. <laughs> so so the first, first one was the behind the scenes video for the music. Behind the scenes YouTube video of the video for a song by Lawrence Fox called The Distance. The most technical element of what we're doing today is to find a way to project images onto Lawrence's face. I've got a projector being fed by a load of graphics. So when I met Lawrence, obviously he's got a very gravelly tone. What? I enjoy I like, a bit to. of a, a beefy gravel to a voice. What's nice is we both have gravelly smoky voices. Yeah, but your smoky voice is actually really good. Thank and my you. smoky voice is like some cat being strangled. But weirdly, the combination of the two, I think is magical. It is magical. I think it's magical. <laughs> she is the absolute best, by the way. The total best ever. I put it in here. I, I thought this was quite interesting and quite funny at points. Um, I put it in here for some specific reasons, but I'm quite curious what you guys thought of this. So my first thought was really a question, which was who's paying for this, you know? Is he paying for it out of his own pocket, out of his earnings as an actor? Or has he actually got a label to pay to put this on, thinking, oh, then there'll be a market, you know, mm. people who will be buying it as a protest song or whatever? Because I think that completely changes how one watches it. Because if you're thinking, oh, he's paying for this himself, mm -hmm. it does take on a sort of less sympathetic David Brentish kind of vibe. You know, where he's yeah. assembled these musicians to go around him and he's, you know, got tried to come up with a, a clever idea for how a music video might be filmed around his personality. Mm -hmm. I don't know. And that's that's why I also went to Wikipedia to see if I could find anything about his music career. And as you say, there's very little on there. You know, yeah. it didn't there was no like record company listed or whatever. Mm -hmm. So that was that was my real thought. That's actually a really interesting question, yeah. It's not one that I, I have an answer to, unfortunately, because there's not really much info out there. I, yeah. I get, it gives the impression of a kind of vanity project because he is, he's from like a, um, a a long family of rich people, effectively, isn't he? He, um, from the Fox family. I think there's quite mm -hmm. a few actors in there and I think his great, great grandfather was a kind of um, industrial magnate of the kind of late 19th century. He's one of those figures. So well, I... I this, Sorry. Well, this is why I think it gives an interesting, when you know about his family, it gives an interesting uh, insight possibly as to why he decided to become this mm -hmm. self-appointed countercultural woke figure. Because I think being an actor is a really tough gig. It's a really hard job to get into. And most actors who had Lawrence Fox's career could, I think, be pretty satisfied and happy with the career they had because he was clearly making a living from it. He's pretty well known. He's uh, carrying a TV show. Mm -hmm. But if you're an actor from a dynasty of actors, mm -hmm. then I think 
the career that Lawrence Fox has had is probably slightly less than what you'd hope for, what you'd expect, because you're not mm-hmm. comparing yourself to, you know, the people you knew at drama school who are now having to become other jobs or whatever to, to sustain themselves. You're comparing yourself to your uncle and your cousin and your mm-hmm. aunt and, you know, all, you know, people going off and winning Oscars and BAFTAs. So you're, oh, yeah. you're just getting more, more bitter with your ITV3 vehicle, you know? Yeah. Yeah. And your and your ex partner Billy Piper, right? Yeah, yeah. I found yeah. that very interesting. Um, I don't Billy Piper. I don't know anything about Billy Piper other than the fact that she she was married to Lawrence Fox and Chris Evans, which makes me feel like the only thing I know about Billy Piper is her terrible taste in men, because both of these people <laughs> are incredibly annoying to me. Um, but this isn't about Billy Piper. This is about Lawrence Fox. So the, I, I, I think those are there's really interesting points that I didn't really think about this. But I did watch another video uh, while researching this um, podcast where he's talking to Peter Whittle, uh, who's a kind of I think he was in UKIP kind of ex. Right. Okay. Was, I think he was in the House of Lords, and um, he's on something called it's a YouTube channel called the New Culture Forum channel, um, and it's it's um they're talking about woke culture and it's celebrity hypocrites and it's quite funny because he's he's being interviewed by this um quite frankly student intellectual politician himself and journalist peter whittle as though he's being treated like like an intellectual like who has these very interesting and sophisticated things to say and they're kind of lounging on these chairs and talking talking nonsense about woke culture but he does at some points acknowledge that kind of difficulty of acting and there seems to be a bit of resentment and annoyance. He he says at one point, like, oh, I, I totally get that, you know, I'm from like a public school background and that's my, and you know, he's like, I get that people would mock that, but that he gets really, he got really annoyed. And this seems to be the thing that triggered him that he started reading scripts or I don't know how, I don't quite know how the acting world works, but you know, people, directors saying that we we will favor scripts that are more towards marginalized, like women and non-white people. And right. that's what annoyed him. And he was like, no, no, acting is a skill. And I've gone to RADA and I've learned this skill and it has nothing to do with black or white and all this kind of stuff. And that seems to be the thing. I don't know. He seems to be saying this is the thing that's really annoying. That's what me. radicalized him. Yeah, yeah. yeah it seems that was his gateway. Yeah. Well, I that's interesting because I've never, I've always really just suspected that it's purely mercenary. You know, mm. he wasn't happy with the profile he had just as being a, you know, a fairly successful jobbing actor. And he wanted to get his name in the papers and be more well known than his ex-wife or whatever. I mean, I've never met him. I don't know. But mm. it just seems so cynical, you know, mm. because there is, it is possible now to make a career and money by just sort of telling a certain section of the country things that they want to hear, uh, mm. which is what Alex and I are trying to do in elections generally, but <laughs> we've yet to, we've yet to crack the nuts. We've yet to find the section of, of the, or the country. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> applications, uh, applications yeah. on a postcard. That's right. But I really, yeah. I think it, it did seem pretty cynical to me, especially mm. his appearance on Question Time, mm. you know. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I I do too. Yeah, so I th- I think I think it's that kind of central issue. We're kind of getting away from the the juicy musical hilarity. Well, to bring it stuff. back to the music, but I no, think I was going to say shows is is that even if he's got all the even if he managed to bring this 
attention to himself by cynically promoting a sort of culture war narrative around himself when the product that he's trying to flog in this case these singles mm. are very samey and mm. hookless and a bit mm-hmm. dull and a bit dirge like mm-hmm. it i mean none of these videos have had you know tremendous views and i don't think any of these have gone to the top even of right-wing horrible uh culture warrior single charts i'm not sure if Actually, that's the, that chart that, that chart it definitely exists yeah, I think in America they call it the con- the country charts. Hey, hey, hey! Good joke. Sorry, I tread on it. It's fine. I, I find, I find, I did, I did a Google, and I find that his. Oh, I, I think, it, I think it's the album that this song is on. Mm-hmm. Was number twelve thousand one hundred and sixty three in the Amazon bestseller list, which. Wow. I think might mean it's bottom of all songs. <laughs> sorry. But I don't know for sure. Wow. I don't know how many songs there are. Yeah, yeah. Sorry. What number was that again? How many thousands? 12,163. I mean, at some point they must stop calling them bestsellers on the Amazon lists. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah. Anyway. Okay, that's actually very interesting. Yeah. That's that to be fair, that, that, that's only people who are buying music on Amazon. And who does that? Yeah. Crazy people. That's, I have no idea. I have no idea whatsoever. No. Um, yeah. I was, I was going to say that this this behind the scenes video is interesting because he, he is so on the nose when he's talking about what his lyrics are. And he's just like, this is a song about people, I think he said, being stifled from saying what they want to say. Which is hilarious because he is not being stifled. He's just getting mocked and criticized for talking nonsense. I mean, he's kind of a, we've already touched on it a bit, but he is just, I, would I even call him politically right wing? I don't even know what his like economic policies or whatever preferred are, but he's, he's part of that kind of right wing culture war, which is seems to stand for nothing in particular beyond anti-woke in kind of scare quotes. Yeah. Um, and that's the bit he doesn't like, I guess. But the, the bit that for me that was particularly cringy beyond the pseudo-intellectualism, which is the kind of lovey vibes between him and uh, the female singer. I, I don't know what her name is. Um, and it's just, I, my question is, and it kind of ties into that, like, who's paying for this? Like, to what degree is she actually interested in? And we'll get into this a bit. We'll, get to, we'll quickly move on to the Jeremy Vine clip, which is possibly the funniest. Like the musicians that work with him, like she's she's acting like, oh yeah, you're great and I love you and we get along and blah blah blah. But I do I, I physically and maybe it's just me, I cringed at that kind of lovey bit where he's talking with her on screen in this clip. Did did you do you remember that bit? Yeah. And he's talking about how much better her singing voice is than his. Is than his. Which yeah. is at least shows that he, he does have one correct opinion. Um, <laughs> but yeah. I suppose that's the problem whenever, you, you know, you've possibly paid to have a band around you, uh, you know, I, I wonder if he would then pay them to have creative differences with him, pay him to for one of the guitarists to storm off stage at a big <laughs> show right before they were just about to make it, you know, just so he could have the full rock and roll experience, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You can um, pay for someone to like crash a Bentley into a swimming pool or something. That's right. Like that. That's like, right. I will gladly take that role as a protest. As yeah, a protest. yeah, as a protest. Um, but yeah, so so for me, this that kind of cringing at paying 
I'm I'm kind of it's a sympathy cringe, I guess, for the people that are performing with him. It, it's kind of it becomes it comes to its peak in the Jeremy Vine clip where he's he's playing one of his songs. Can, can, can I can I ask a question before we move on to the Jeremy Vine? Oh yeah, yeah, of course. Clip. The the video with the actual song is the Jeremy Vine one. That's the only one I've seen anywhere. Where is the video that the behind the scenes video is behind the scenes of? Yes, yeah, yeah. Because I can't see it anywhere. You know, I I had to look for Lawrence Fox. It doesn't yeah. come up in any searches. Yeah, yeah. It's got this weird, you know, the newspaper the newspaper projection thing that they talk about in the behind mm-hmm. the scenes video, but it's not anywhere. Yeah, no, I that's I, weird. I, I didn't look super far for it because again how far does one look for this crap sure. music? But I looked a bit and it, you're right. It's just, it's kind of confusing that it's not really there. I don't know whether they abandoned it or whether it's just been buried. It must be somewhere. Surely it's somewhere on his YouTube channel. He must've been silenced he's been, he's by been the silenced. damn <laughs> walkerati. Maybe he has a point. Anyway. <laughs> it's yeah. a good question. And I don't know whether that just means that he is being silenced by the walkerati, which is not a term I've heard before, but I love it. Or whether people I don't know that's a term. <laughs> or whether people are just correctly uh, judging it to be crap and he just hid it in shame. Um, but the um, so the Jeremy Vine clip is is brilliant. Put something in the water, they seek a cure for the conversation. They stole a march on your indecision. And the first four was laughter just to quell the unoffended. They seek to murder your opinion And the light has been turned out On the age of reason Replaced by blinding fires That burn wild across the region For the wrong to rule the good Must just stand idly by So I need you more than ever. I need your hand in this resistance. If we're going to go it's brilliant. The so there, there's so many things to love about this first. This this song, um, but but as I said before, like for me the 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 main thing I felt throughout it is that embarrassment for the other musicians. It's maybe because I am a bit of a musician myself and I have played live with you know a paid gig where I'm being paid to play for someone whose music I think is terrible, who can't sing or whatever. And that feeling of, you know that you're perceived as endorsing it on some level and you have to, you have to endorse it on some level as a musician. You have to like get into it to enough of, I'm luckily a bass player so I can get away with just standing there stoically um, to some extent. But do you know what I mean? You have to, you are in some way endorsing it by going out there and it's, it's quite difficult. So, I don't know. I, I felt really sorry for these musicians, to be honest, particularly the, the female vocalist. Again, I can't remember her name, who can clearly sing. Um, but it felt quite painful to me watching them all on stage. Anyway, what, what did you what did you guys think of this beautiful track? <sighs> I mean, it's, yeah, it's, it's, it's a real uh, dirge, isn't it? <laughs> like The thing is, you wouldn't know. I mean, you would know because the lyrics are very on the nose. But if, so, say, so say you were to just listen to the the, the instrumental version mm-hmm. of this track. If he is so angry and furious that he's willing to completely mm-hmm. do an about face 
of his previous career and his previous life and his previous social circle because he's burned with the injustice. You wouldn't know it from this track because yeah, it's not... It's, it's not an angry song. It's not an angry song. Yeah, it's a boring song. Mm-hmm. Um, it's a, you know, I, I suppose it's long. Mm-hmm. So, no, again, <laughs> no one can say he's not being given a platform whenever he's been given that much time on a early morning program. You know, yeah. I don't know how many verses there are. Um, far too many far too many yeah. it's actually impossible to know because they just run into <laughs> yeah no they do. they do they do it's it's very hard to distinguish one bit from another and i think like harmonically i don't know what kind of chord progression there is i wouldn't even call it chord progression it feels again it's dirge like which is actually a dirge isn't inherently bad music it's almost no to a dirge, but this it's just it's just monotonous and dreary um and this is kind of it's a good point that you bring up about like the music just song to song is that similar sound all the way through it's not really angry and this is kind of where for me he he feels most kind of whether he's an opportunistic about this whole kind of stance that he's making culturally or politically i don't know but it feels opportunistic in terms of production and sound that he's going for he's yeah he feels like he knows that people like kind of laid back chilled indie which is kind of vaguely what it sounds like folk indie or something i don't know what you'd call it Tesco indie, Tes- Tesco indie, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, what do people call landfill indie? Landfill, it's got, yeah, it's got that vibe a little bit. Yeah. Um, or landfill Mumford and Sons. Yeah, th- so. in fact, that is exactly what it is. It has very. I'm neither a particular fan nor am I against Mumford and Sons, but it sounds like a very bad version of Mumford and Sons. Um, and he forgot so- to go. Hey every couple of <laughs> verses just to wake the audience up. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's true. Um, oh, I'm really coming for the Mr. Mumford. And there, there, is, there is a brilliant moment, though. It's a very small moment where he's he's singing in a, this probably a slight gap and he just kind of... <clears throat> um, and it's really quite audible, actually. And it just... I don't know. It just fits well, really well. That's RADA his... training. In it's RADA, like... in second year, they tell you to move away from the microphone when you're going to clear your throat yeah, yeah, and yeah. then come back. You know, you don't get that in the lesser drama schools. Yeah, no, it's true. It, it, it just, it's just funny because it just fits so well with his kind of smoker's voice that he's just going <laughs> um, to... I bet yeah, he's so never it's... touched a cigarette in his life. <laughs> but... Do you think, yeah, it's, a, do you think it's, it's entirely all, it's affected? All an act. It's all, all an, an act. act. I mean, this could just be like... Sasha Baron Cohen-esque character acting, right? Couldn't it? Well, perhaps if uh, if the winds change and there no longer seems to be a market, as I think actually there seems like there isn't much of a market for what he's doing, <laughs> then perhaps this time next year he will drop it all and be like, "I was." It was a social social experiment, you know. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Just to see, or he'll have a redemption story. Yeah, yeah. You know? the social uh, or, he'll, or he'll not. He'll have a redemption story. He'll seek to say, "I have yes. a redemption story." Yeah, yeah. That's for it's a very important distinction. Uh, oh, I sorry, social... I I've left my phone not on silent <laughs> mode. That's, That's fine. We all do it. I think this, this the social experiment line would be an interesting one. It would be very two thousand and ten. I feel like it's not a, it's not yes. the done thing anymore. We don't pre- like, idiots online don't pretend that that's what they're doing anymore, which is kind of a shame. But this video of him performing on Jeremy Vine is glorious, not just for the for well. The opening vocals are incredibly bad. That's kind of the worst part of the song. And it does manage to genuinely get a little bit better after the terrible opening vocals. But I think uh, it's one of those few YouTube videos where the comments are actually genuinely brilliant. Um, (laughs) So 
We've got, is there no beginning to this man's talent? He suffered for his art, and now it's our turn. <laughs> this is the Prince Andrew interview of songs, which I think is <laughs> quite accurate. Uh, the male menopause is a hell of a thing. Thank you, Max Fosh, for signing a, shining a light on this true masterpiece. Uh, don't quite get that one. I mean, some of them are a bit... Yeah. I bought a Leonard Cohen album on Wish and I got this. <laughs> <laughs> That's the best one. Possibly the yes. best one. That's the best one. Um, and I'm just going to have to recite a few of the lyrics here because I just I think they're brilliant and I think they really kind of exemplify his failed attempt at being an intellectual and kind of... If he doesn't see himself as a Cohen, he probably he definitely sees himself as something of a Dylan. He's completely wrong, obviously, but yeah, a cousin um, of Cohen. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, they have put something in the water. They seek a cure for the conversation. They stole a march on your indecision, and the first to fall is laughter. Just to quell the long offended, they seek to murder your opinion. Now, I think that last line in particular is wow, just to murder your opinion. I think that's good because. The thing about Bob Dylan, um, why everyone loves Bob Dylan's song so much is that his lyrics are so literal and can really only be read one way. And he's so clear about what he's singing about. And if you were to ask Bob Dylan to explain his lyrics, he would, be, he would really make sure that you understood them. And that's what people want from their singer-songwriters. That's true. That is exactly true. There's a beautiful parallel here between the one of possibly the greatest lyricist of the uh, 20th century and uh, Lawrence Fox. I, I totally agree. The parallels are actually unbelievable. Um, Alex, now, did you think well, there was anything about this song that was worthy in any way? This is this is what I, uh, I kind of want to get to the bottom of because you know I'm all about underrated usually, but is there something? Well, that's that. That's the thing. Is there anything underrated here? I, I don't know. I mean, maybe. So, is is he a, is he a conspiracy theorist? Is he is he in with those guys? Is he actually warning us about something in the water? Mm. Um, I don't that's know. A good question. Maybe, I, maybe I, they're right. Have we considered that? <laughs> um, no, I, I don't think there's. I don't think there's much to like here. Is there? Some of the I instruments he's playing look pretty nice. Yes, that's mm. true. I think that's a real Martin he's playing, and the other fella's playing a Gibson. <laughs> mm -hmm. Those yeah, are yeah. nice guitars. There we go. We're, we're, find, yeah. we're finding positive things even in the worst track. Yeah. Um, I suppose. I'm just. I'm just trying to work out again. I suppose what his strategy is here, and I think this is probably something that we we haven't really gotten to the bottom of is is it a is it a vanity project is it like someone you know i like to do oil paintings mm -hmm. uh you know is it a hobby is it an extra feather in his cap to be booked on shows like the jeremy vine show? you know you, you, owen jones doesn't do it get up at the end and do a set good if he did though i'd yeah. watch it yeah i would um, you know it, It'd be, is, is well, I mean, he's handy, I suppose, for a show like Jeremy Vine, because that's a live show and it's got a lot of time to fill. So they just say, okay, Lawrence, we've got 15 minutes. Can you just warble on, you know? <laughs> he's like, great, I'll get, I'll get three quarters of the way through my song. Yes, that's right. 
I just want to. I just want to contest something there. Warble. I know we. It's used condescendingly for like folk singers, but Warble actually has for me because I like folk music. You know, I think Joni Mitchell warbles a bit, doesn't she? And you know, you know what? I I was using my language ill consideredly, <laughs> and unlike Lawrence Fox, I will. Say, you're right. There are good warblers out there. Um, okay. Warbling is not necessarily a bad thing. Phew. I'm glad we cleared that up. <laughs> um, this yeah. So. Is this an offshoot of his political ambitions? And to what extent are those ambitions even real? I, I sometimes think, and it sounds ridiculous, that they are both sincere and completely insincere, as in they genuinely believe all these stupid things. But it's almost like lying for Jesus, and the actual sincerity at the end of the day of any individual statement isn't the thing that matters. That you know They're happy to lie and talk crap and just give nonsensical spiel because he feels it's justified in the stuff. Do you know, is, am I completely off base here? This is quite often my feeling. Well, I suppose he is an actor or he was an actor. Uh, and the one thing that I suppose one way you can describe an actor's job is to make yourself feel certain things for money. Yep. And, you know, that's kind of what he's doing now, arguably. I, you know, uh, so I think you're, you're right. Whether, it was a cynical thing. It could start as a cynical thing or not mm. start as a cynical thing. Uh, not for him specifically, but for anyone who's trying to pursue that thing, that type of job or gap in the market. Uh, it's, I suppose it reinforces itself. So eventually the, the, the line between what you're saying because you're trying to get a reaction or because mm. you think that's not what's expected of you to say or you're saying that because if you stop saying things like that, you're going to stop being invited on to a program to say those sorts of things. Mm. And what your actual opinion is sort of does become blurry. So you kind of become a hostage of your own horribleness, mm -hmm. uh, you mm -hmm. know, uh, your own previous statements, which I think is uh, a weird sort of twilight zone -y punishment. It is, to inflict yeah. upon yourself, but, yeah, 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 you know, yeah, it's crazy. Alex um, can tell you all about it. <laughs> he can't. <laughs> what do you mean? Look at that what face. The only thing I'm a hostage of is you. <laughs> okay, <laughs> this is a. I'm dying. I can see elect elections generally is falling apart at the seams. It's like Paul and John in 1969. <laughs> <laughs> um. So let's let's move on to this this final track in this playlist, which was a song, a song called Trainers. Awake, my mind's rushing on and I'm like Angelina. I love Madrid, I get lost in the streets, I wear trainers. And I'm screaming inside because it's not fair and I the first thing is that I'm glad that it has a distinctive name, Trainers, because otherwise I think I, I, I find it hard to really remember much difference between this song mm -hmm. and the other song. If it wasn't, I was like, oh yeah, this one's about shoes. Mm -hmm. uh, there was one. It did, have, it did have a video, though, mm -hmm. where he kicks off his shoes, shows <laughs> us his feet. <laughs> There's, I hear I hear. I hear there's a market on the internet for that. Maybe he's tapping into that as well. Yes, yeah. Uh, <laughs> this guy's this guy's all over the place. It's brilliant. Um, I saw somebody saying in the comments that uh, I am Dutch, and this video taught me what trainers mean in British English. 
And I was like, that's nice. That's actually genuinely, nice. that's great. I love it. That's nice. um, so th this song I, th I thought was interesting because there are some actually positive comments on this one um, in the YouTube comments. And I genuinely, so my main thought on this is that this is the closest thing to a potential song that I've heard from him. Um, and obviously that's very faint praise. But there, there are points where I'm like, you know what, this could be turned into something. Um, and I don't want to knock him too much for the completely banal lyrics because they, they can be a skill in writing banal lyrics. He, complete, he completely lacks that skill, but I do feel lyrically and musically there's something in here where I'm like, and again, it's probably in the context of everything else being so crap, where I'm like, this he's almost there. He could, he could one day, if he went down this line a bit more, get there. Do you guys agree with that or am I just being too nice? I think if the last song was sort of channeling the Mumford and Sons thing, I think mm. in this one he's he's trying to channel Ed Sheeran almost with Maybe. the sort of with that the the simple and, and seemingly innocent image of just trainers and you know focusing on that thing. Mm. It reminded me of something you might um, like jumpers for goalposts and that right. sort of uh, lyrical space. Uh, it's still it lacked any hooks. Oh yeah, yeah. You know, yeah. Um, nothing. I'm trying to think of a pun here about lacing and your shoelaces and, and a hook, but I can't. Maybe Alex can think of something and we can cut this out and I'll make <laughs> it look like we were really quick and on the ball. Uh, <laughs> Never mind. It's tricky. It's Never tricky. Mind. No, no was the answer. I there are no puns there. There are no puns to be heard. <laughs> um. Um, but yeah, no, I, I find it. I, I did not find it memorable. No. I mean, um, in spite of the, the I couldn't hum it. yeah, in spite of the massive praise I heaped on it before, I, I in no way recall how the song actually goes. I think I maybe just found it less <laughs> less offensive, and I thought there, there's something here that could be. It's almost like maybe you're right. Maybe he is. I mean, I'm not a fan of Ed Sheeran, but you know, there's a songwriting skill that he clearly has that isn't Ed the Sheeran. Worst. You mean not Lawrence Fox? Yeah, yeah. Sorry, I'm not yeah, the biggest yeah, fan yeah. of. I mean, I am the biggest fan of Lawrence Fox. Now, I'm not the biggest fan of Ed Sheeran, but there's clearly a songwriting skill there that you know someone like Lawrence Fox probably would be well served to try to emulate. And if he is consciously emulating that, then heck, it seems to. Again, I probably shouldn't try to damn it with such faint praise. Um, but yeah, I, I thought it was more. In, it was closer to being interesting than the others. The lyrics are still magnificently banal. So I take it we're confident that he is writing his own lyrics. He's not. That's a good question. We, we I believe that. I would. Uh, I, hope I he's not paying someone to write these lyrics for him. I would imagine he's probably writing his own lyrics. Mm -hmm. I think so as well. Either that, or they're doing. It's a very good ghostwriting job because, hundred percent believable. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Usually, I would say you know. Usually, when I start wrapping up like an underrated episode, I'm like you know. Do you have any desire to further explore the artists we've talked about, or you know that kind of thing? Um, no, <laughs> I, I didn't even <laughs> ask it, but I'm glad you preempted it. It's very wise to do that. Um, I, I find I genuinely find him quite an interesting character, though I can't help it. And it, it, again, it's not interesting because he is an interesting person. But this kind of character, this kind of again, I'm using the word character as though it is obviously an act. This kind of human being, there's always going to be that question about like, I don't know. Sometimes people, sorry, I'm rambling a bit, but sometimes people are just incredibly stupid. And sometimes when someone says some, a lot of incredibly stupid things, it's easy to think that they are just being disingenuous. Do you know what I'm getting at here? Yes. And 
he he's clearly very well educated he's he's from a wealthy family they're all publicly educated but to me and uh, maybe this is a bit of a a summing up of my attitudes towards him he is possibly the epitome of well educated but incredibly stupid we say he was well educated he was expelled before his a levels at harrow ah. for being too smart for being too smart <laughs> they were like we galaxy brain we need to cancel him <laughs> We have but I think is from the Wukarati. I is almost more interesting than the the character or the the personality or the psychology of him personally is what the way he was able to get so much attention and be able to come on the Jeremy Vine show, uh, play his single, which didn't chart or do particularly well, um, get so much attention on social media for running to be the mayor of London and then get, I, I can't remember precisely what it was, but it was a very, I don't think he got his deposit back, mm, you know? So there was ultimately, I think, less, there, there, there wasn't really a market for this sort of stuff he was coming out with either musically or politically. And yet, Prior to the election, he was given a very outsized uh, degree of of attention and media uh, attention. <laughs> very, yeah, yeah, yeah. very articulate attention yeah. and media attention. <laughs> uh, and I think that's interesting. And whether that is because he is part of a sort of a social class which is more finds getting on television and having their opinions heard and so on a lot more accessible than other people would. Mm-hmm. Um, and if so, if, if what you're saying at the start is that the reason he was radicalized was because he didn't like the efforts that program makers and commissioners and directors were making to try and make their stuff more representative of the audience in the United Kingdom, then I think the ultimate irony for him is that he has hugely proven the need to try and make sure that the media and the spotlights are more accessible to more different people because he's managed to take it without seemingly having much of a, an audience there for his stuff. Um, and, and it does sort of make you question how much of a meritocracy the media is. So um, I, I, I love it. I love that deep dive. That's so much more eloquent and to the point than anything <laughs> I would have thought. But... I, I don't. I don't question at all the meritocracy of like mainstream media because I never thought it was a meritocracy. Yeah, that's <laughs> true. I hate yeah, to be was, cynical, but yeah. Um, and that's not to say there aren't brilliant. I mean, obviously there are brilliant. You know, whether we're talking, you know, the musical industry or acting, there are clearly incredibly talented people. It'd be ridiculous to try to deny that. But like Alex, because... thank you very much. <laughs> Good to be recognised. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, yeah. It, it, not being, I mean, I don't know how you guys were educated, but I wasn't public school educated whatsoever. We, you know, we've all been around people who were, and even you know when they are very bright and very intelligent, they just that's not even point in a way. Like it comes that kind of education quite often comes with a sort of confidence that Lawrence Fox clearly has. Hmm. Like it's just like yeah, sure. I'm just I'm entitled, and he's not unentitled to to speak his mind, but it's just it's like I'm speaking my mind, and you know, obviously. I'm completely confident about it. And whether he's internally confident or not, he's very comfortable expressing it and acting as though it's insightful and deep and the most brilliant thing ever said. And that anyone who criticizes me is actually just trying to stifle me, not just mock me because I'm talking shit. Um, And I think he does, 
that's why to me it's that feeling like yeah maybe he got expelled that feeling of this is the epitome of well educated but not very bright um does that make sense i think i'm articulating myself properly yeah <laughs> sure 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 i mean he's certainly he's certainly not shy about you know speaking his mind mm -hmm. in a in a recording studio he may have hired himself mm -hmm. or on on the jeremy vine show or whatever that's that's a good way to sum up and end on um the 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 mysterious thing that Lawrence Fox is he see he what he seems to be a bit of a, a a bit of a sex icon amongst many people from what I've seen on YouTube comments which oh really I guess baffles me but I I, I, I gather that there's a specific role that he's been in on some show that people think he's quite hot in so that's Prince fair Charles Prince, Ch Prince obviously why am I even asking? we already talked about this we talked about this at the start um, but yeah I, he's a mystery to me in many ways but at the same time I don't think he's a mysterious person I think it's just his role in culture is weird and confusing to me anyway do you guys want to tell uh, both of my listeners about um, your YouTube channel okay sure uh, so we're Michael and Alex uh, I'm Michael as we said earlier but um, we make videos about sort of British political history it's on a channel called Elections Generally. Uh, we've had a little hiatus since our last video because uh, we've been squirreling away trying to make a video on the history of Scottish nationalism. Uh, and then The Economist uploaded a video a few months ago, which hit it beat for beat, exactly what we were going to do. And uh, much better made and it had uh, a million views. And we're like, well, crud so we went back to the drawing board and now we're trying to do sort of a it's basically we're still doing a video on scottish nationalism but uh, we're trying to put it in the context of nationalism more generally why nationalism is appealing to people uh why it's more appealing now than it seems to have been in recent history putting it in that context um which i think it'll be worth watching and should be coming to your screens uh any time hopefully sometime before the UK breaks up and then because then I'll have to rewrite the whole thing again but yeah um, we're right now we've had some production issues with Alex uh, not be Alex is currently he's been pinged by the COVID app so he is stuck at home I don't want to I, I don't want to sound but like I'm cross about lockdown though he's not I'm, cross about lockdown I'm not, not cross, cross about lockdown, lockdown. I am I'm doing I think the rules are sensible and maybe even should be kept mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. for a little longer. Oh, yes. Yeah. Oh, God. Mm. Don't, man, don't get us started on. Don't get us started, don't get us started. All right. <laughs> anyway, thanks for joining us. And for anyone who's listening, um, thanks for listening. And if you want to check out my YouTube channel, I don't know where people listen to or watch my stuff, but if you're listening to my stuff on Spotify or whatever, check out my YouTube channel, which is Big Yellow Praxis, where I do... I've started doing video essays now. Um, so I am now introduced to the the beautiful world that is video editing and how it takes six seemingly six or seven hours to edit a 20 minute video which is obviously an absolute joy mm. um but for anyone listening so quick listening. Yeah. yeah six or seven hours yeah geez <laughs> try uh, try months <laughs> anyway thanks guys for uh, joining me and uh, no, thanks for having us see you yes thanks it's really fun